0: Welcome to the British History Podcast. If you love British history, then you are definitely in the right place. My name is Philippa and I will be taking you through British history, the people, the events, the intrigue, some of the stories you may think you know, but you don't know them in the way I tell them. And then hopefully I will also be able to introduce you to something new too. Now this podcast is free and it always will be. But if you would like more History Lover benefits, then please consider coming and joining me over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash British History. But for now, let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone on YouTube. I'm just starting a little bit early today because. I uh, didn't, I forgot to schedule it, so um, let me just get this begun. Um, But welcome, if you're joining me early, uh, I would endeavour to remember to schedule. I'll tell you in a moment why it was that I didn't get around to scheduling it, because it's quite a nice reason. Um, I'm just going to pop a little thing in the chat for people to let me know where they're watching from um and what time are we one minute two so I will start the live stream on uh, Instagram as well in a moment um, I've got a few things uh, to chat with you about today but if there's anything that you've got uh on your mind that you'd like me to talk about please do let me know I'm happy to uh to, this is just a history chat, so let's chat about history. Anything that you've got, uh, that you've seen in the news perhaps, or just heard about. And if I know anything about it, I will also, uh, well, I'll talk to you about it. Um, bear with me a second, I am going to go live on Instagram as well. Hi everybody, so welcome to Thursday Tea Time Live. I am streaming live on YouTube and on Instagram and please do let me know if you can hear me okay Uh, a thumbs up or a hi in the comments would be fabulous um, because I do have different microphones and whatever setup so um, also if you are on catch up if you're joining me on the podcast perhaps to listen back to this or on YouTube or on IGTV indeed then welcome to the catch up as well but for now, Thursday, if you are here with me at one o'clock in the afternoon London time, then you are here with me live. So welcome. Um, like I say, please do say, um, come and say hi. Um, and if there is anything particular you want me to chat about today, then do let me know. If you are watching on YouTube, then you can send me a super chat. Always much appreciated. If you're a YouTube member, remember to use your little um uh, custom teacup emojis so this week a few things to talk about the first thing I was going to mention I was mentioning to the to the YouTube audience more specifically uh hi Roseanne welcome it must be in the morning there so hopefully you've got a little cup of tea with you uh and we're and I'm helping wake you up on a Thursday Thursday's an odd day isn't it because it's not uh it's not quite the weekend but you're half through the week so hopefully this is uh is something that uh that makes your Thursdays a little bit brighter but yeah I forgot to normally I um would schedule a the uh, the next Thursday time tea time live on YouTube before uh before I go live but I forgot and do you know why I forgot well, I'll tell you um more about it in a moment but it's because the Friday so the following day I was off down to London again I'm going to tell you all about my trip down to London. Um, Uh, then so sorry in a short while because it was very good it was very quiet London is very very quiet at the moment if you are UK based um, and you don't generally go to London because it's you know busy and rowdy um, now is the perfect time it it really really is Um, and if you're someone who who doesn't matter if you have to quarantine and you can come over for a, a longer period it's also quite a good time to come. Um, but let so what are we going to talk about this week um there's a few videos that i've put out or about to come out which you um might want to check out one is uh let me see if i can remember all of them one's about the globe theater burning down in 1613 i'll talk about that in a minute we've got um one about the sos signal which replaced an earlier signal and it was um, in this week that that was decided upon in 1912, I think it was. Um, now, anyone who knows anything about the Titanic will know that the Titanic sank um, a couple of years, 1215. Uh, I'm thinking about Magna Carta. I'm oh, sorry. 1915. Uh, Is that right? Anyone could tell me if I'm wrong. But anyway, only a few years after and it hadn't been. Although agreed on it, hadn't been universally adopted everywhere by that point. Anyway, Titanic was one of the first ships to use both. And I'll talk a, a little bit more about that. Um, also, I've got one out very short about the Royal Observatory at Greenwich. Um, and, oh, yes, yeah, so in the news here um, has been a story about a new patriotic song, the British are very bad at being patriotic I I, I think on an individual level we're not but as a 1912 thank you um but as a oh yes so it was very very soon before before the Titanic sank sorry Roseanne's just uh, uh, giving me the right dates there um uh so yes, yeah, so on an individual level, I think we are quite good at being patriotic. Obviously, I'm, I do British history. I'm not shying away from being British, but on a like a macro level, we're very also very good at self-flagellation, <laughs> and that's not a good that's that's not a good thing. Um, so there's a new song written by some schoolchildren that's um, all very patriotic, but not the national anthem, which is a bit of a dirge. You know, it is what it is. Anyway. The reason I'm mentioning this is that uh, I did a video uh, that you can find about the real story behind rule Britannia. And the reason I'm saying that is rule Britannia and God save the king when it was when it was first written um, were written around about the same time and for the same purpose. And that was to engender patriotism and get behind a monarchy that wasn't actually uh, British they were they were they were German this is um anyway if you watch the video and um, it's called the real story behind Rule Britannia and I've tried to summarize uh all that um, and I'll also let you know what we've been chatting about on clubhouse thanks Travis yes Titanic sank in 1912 of course it did what am I thinking about then something else obviously um I was getting it mixed up 12, 12 15 with Magna Carta oh god honestly I've only just started um but anyway, thank you, all, all of you who are dropping a hi and uh, and a like in the comments. Thank you. Much appreciated. So let me tell you about um, some of the things that we've been talking about on Clubhouse. Because um, everyone should be able to get on Clubhouse now. I know I talk about this every week, but it's a, it's their live event. So even if you are on Clubhouse, the timing might not suit. You might miss the conversations. And so... I always like to give you a bit of an update as to what we were talking about. Um, and on Monday, we were talking, it was it was actually the anniversary of the Blackfriars trial. This was um, the, the, the uh, Legatine court that was held at Blackfriars to hear the for and against argument for the marriage of Catherine of Aragon and Henry VIII. They'd been married by this point, was it 23 years? It's something around that, it's over 20 years. And Henry was arguing that his marriage to Catherine had been um, unlawful or against God and that therefore it had never existed and the marriage should be annulled and he should be free to um, to marry again. Obviously, we, we know Anne Boleyn was on the scene. In fact, I don't think it was a particular secret at the time either. And we talked about Catherine... She went to Blackfriars. She actually stood up at the court and addressed the court, and uh, and made a, a brilliant speech. And I thought you might like to hear a little bit about it. Um, we went through the speech in in the clubhouse discussion we had and talked about um, whether, sorry, the, the sort of the. the about catherine about what she chose to say about how amazing it is that she stood up and said it um mainly for its length and she she hit some really key points so let me um if you uh, will indulge me um tell you about some of the ones that i picked out from it and you can look this up if you google um catherine of Aragon's speech at blackfriars or something like that you will find you will find it um uh but she she even begins she addresses it to henry she she gives this address to him on her knees and she starts with sir i beseech you for all the loves that have been between us i mean she's like straight for the heart there because they would been married for a long time and i think they i haven't come across anything that that indicates that they weren't happy for the majority of that time um she goes on to say, I am a poor woman and a stranger born of your dominion. And what she's trying to get across there is obviously she's Spanish, but what she's trying to get across there is um I realize here that I'm the outsider. I realise here that people are going to want to find in your favour over mine, or as I suppose she'd have seen it as ours, as in hers and Henry's and Mary's as their little family. Um now, the crux of Henry's argument was Catherine had been married to Henry's older brother, Arthur, and Arthur had died six months after their marriage. I've spoken about Arthur before because he died at Ludlow Castle, and then we've spoken about Ludlow Castle quite a lot. There's a, there's a phrase, a phrase there's a verse in Leviticus which talks about if you basically marry your, your brother's widow then you have uncovered your brother's uh, nakedness and it's a, and it's a sin effectively and god will um not grant you heirs or grant you children now in henry's mind a child by this point he was i suppose it was expecting a boy to come along at some point catherine got pregnant on quite a few occasions um nearing ten occasions I think she, she she was pregnant, including a Prince Henry who was uh who was born before Mary and who died um within a couple of weeks. Um but he saw this um he saw this uh lack of a male heir as lack of children. He he that's how he was interpreting it. And many people don't give him any um not credit's not the right credit's not the right word but for him actually thinking this was a mistake he had made a mistake he had gone against god's word and married catherine now at the time that he married catherine a dispensation had been given from the pope obviously knowing that there was this previous marriage between catherine and henry's older brother so really that should have been the uh the end of it but not for henry he 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 hooked on to this idea and Catherine just did not see it from the same point of view whatsoever um so to that point she goes on to say that I have been to you a true and humble wife um she goes on also to talk about um being always well pleased and contented with all things wherein ye had any delight or dalliance whether it were it in sorry whether it were in little or much i never grudged in word or countenance or showed a visage of spark or discontentation in other words henry you've had affairs carry on having affairs have your mistresses i've turned a blind eye for 20 years i'm going to carry on doing that you know, take Anne as a mistress, that kind of things. You know, she, she's she's already, in, in the medieval queen sense, the perfect, um, perfect wife, the perfect queen. And she goes on to say, the 20 years I've been your true wife or more, and by me have had diverse children. Like I said, she had many pregnancies, although it hath pleased God to call them out of this world, which hath been no default in me now there, you know this is very strong um she's not taking any <laughs> blame you know this is god's work god took the children because you know he knows best it's his plan um and therefore uh, catherine herself can't be blamed so any of you who are just joining us i'm talking about catherine of aragon's black Friar speech this is the speech she gave at on her knees to Henry at the um, Legatine court, which was hearing Henry's case against his marriage to Catherine of Aragon. He wanted an annulment. And his main basis for his argument was that Catherine had been married to his elder brother um, before their marriage. Now, I will tell you the next bit, uh, because this this goes right to the crux of the matter, did Catherine sleep with Arthur? And I did a poll on, uh, on the Tudor, uh, Tudor History Club Instagram page uh, and I also did it on, on mine to see. And actually most people said, n- no, they don't believe she was a virgin when, um, when she married Henry. But anyway, her words are, and when you had, sorry, and when you had me at the first, I take God to be my judge. I was a true maid without touch of man. And whether it be true or no, I put it to your conscience. In other words, I think what she's saying there is, Henry, you know that I was a virgin when we married. And yet you're still arguing now that you don't think I was, but you, you know it you're arguing it for the, for this particular uh reason you've you've basically you've changed your mind um and and then she she goes on so those were the the, the bits that, i mean the, the, the speeches is much longer than that um but she goes uh, she really makes a really good case anyway so that the anniversary of that was monday which is why we were talking about it in clubhouse so anyone who's interested in Catherine of Aragon I, uh, I recommend looking up her speech um, and having a read of it yourself. Now, sorry, I've missed a few comments while I was doing that. Marianne, good morning from California. Ali, hi, welcome. Um, in New York City, as is Roseanne, can we discuss the actual plot that Mary was finally accused of and if there were any truth to the accusations? Is this a uh, a suggestion for a room? Ali because what we do on Clubhouse is w- we're open to suggestions for like I am on here you know let me know if you want me to talk about something um and on Clubhouse we're we're, we're there's me like I said before um Sarah Morris the Tudor travel guide Catherine Brooks who's the Tudor tra- uh, tracker and uh Kat Marchant who is reading the past on um on YouTube and we are up for room suggestions absolutely so Ali wants to do um the plot that Mary was so Mary Queen of Scots you're talking about here um was finally accused of and uh, and and therefore executed at Fotheringay yeah because that's a very interesting story um yeah we, we that's a that's a good one Ali we should do that um and so so we're talking about Catherine of Aragon. So I did this poll and it was, I think it was 55, 45% people thought, no, she wasn't a virgin when she married Henry. My my personal take, if you're interested, uh, is that she she was. When they married, Arthur had been 15 years old. Now, there's, there's plenty of uh, situations where uh, evidence for marriages that were consummated at those kind of ages. Um, and there's also plenty of evidence of marriages that weren't um so it's not necessarily that oh well he was 15 and 15 year olds are perfectly capable of um sleeping together and so they 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 must have done it's not necessarily like that Um Ali would also like to discuss um Jaquetta Woodville yeah amazing uh, fascinating woman um and Ali also believes that Catherine was a virgin when she married she was extremely religious and seemed to do little for her own pleasure. And I agree, I think she was. She was so pious in a way that um, I think is a little bit difficult to get our heads around, perhaps. But if you can imagine, you totally believe there's, you know, as many people do, that, that there's, there's God watching over us and he knows our every move, he knows our every thought. It would do her no, um, and maybe this is us looking back on it, but it didn't do her any good to fight Henry. Um, had she have accepted it, perhaps uh, there would have been a better settlement for her, perhaps because it wasn't a threat to Henry, she would have been allowed to see her daughter because once Catherine was banished from court, she was, wasn't allowed to see her daughter, Mary, and they were very close. The damage that did to Mary, this is Mary who became Mary I, um, the damage that did to Mary as a 17-year-old when this started to to unravel um, I think we see in her as an adult as when she finally comes to the throne but anyway that was that was Monday's discussion so that was quite heavy to begin with but um, interesting I think and uh, and Catherine of Aragon for being the wife who was married longest to Henry I think is, is sometimes um, you hear he married her and he'd, he uh, tried to do it wasn't a divorce but it tried to divorce her and then there's 20 years in between those two things. Um, and those are sort of Constantina down, and and yet she she's you know, she's an extremely interesting character in herself. I mean, all human beings are, aren't they? Actually, um, it's because she's one of six Henry's wives that we start pitting them against each other. I I you hear quite often, well, who is your favorite of Henry's wives? Who is um I don't know, who do you think he loved the most? It's like as soon as there's more than one, we try and um, work out a system for ordering them. And I I think that's just human nature, but I don't think we have to do that in my my opinion. Uh, Welcome everyone who's joined us. Um, We are Thursday, this is Thursday Tea Time Live, uh, live history chat, which um, we just meander through history, (laughs) things that have been going on this week feel free to drop into the comments. If you've got any um, questions, hi, Kate, thanks for joining. Um, and, uh, or just say hi. That's also cool to let me know where you're watching from. Um, and I just let you know, well, I, I carry on talking <laughs> unless you, you give me something else to talk about. I will carry on talking about the videos that I've got out, uh, this week or coming up because they're all, um, events which happened around this time. And, uh, and then also what we've been chatting about on Clubhouse, because that's generally um, quite funny. So last night was my favourite room. It's a History After Dark room. It's at quarter past eight at London time. And uh, and it's where we, we talk. Um, there's <laughs> How does Kat describe it? Basically, you're not going to be wanting to eat your tea or have small children around uh, when you're listening to the History After Dark room. Um, oh. Pete a treat to start this vacation with history pouring the margaritas and the blenders on <laughs> I am jealous 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 uh a vacation would be so nice let's we, we, not I won't get into it but we're waiting on a uh announcement later on today so we shall see um yeah so last night was history after dark I love that room everyone seems to love that room uh like I say don't if you're going to join us for that room, please don't be eating your tea. Well, unless you're, unless you've got a stomach of steel, of course, but you probably don't want to be eating your tea or, uh, or have anyone with sensitive ears around because sometimes the swear words do flow. And we talk about, um, all sorts of stuff that again, you probably wouldn't talk about in, in a polite, uh, polite conversation. Uh, last night was, who do we hate figures, figures that we hate from history. And, uh, there was some right cool, caucus. My um my nomination, if you like, not that it was a competition, was King John. Now I've spoken to you about King John before. King John is the guy of Magna Carta fame, which is I think why I've got 15 in my head, 1215, Magna Carta. Um, or I just get dates mixed up to be fair, making excuses. Uh, so yeah, so my my nomination for uh Swear word beep of history was uh, King John. He was just, uh, he was foul. Um, There was a, uh, if you ever heard of Matthew Paris, who wrote, he was a chronicler, he was a monk at St Albans and he wrote a chronicle and um, he described him as basically a, a blot on, on English nobility that weren't exactly is that exact words um uh Terry you joined us what time is it there um and when he died this is a monk talking he wrote foul foul as it is hell itself is made worse by the presence of John <laughs> this guy um not only did with other people's wives and daughters what he wanted, which I think we can take as uh, rape. this wasn't a, this wasn't a charismatic um you know man who just charmed women, also his favorite form of torture and murder was starvation. Uh, so he you know he was vile, vile 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 vile, and he died in a really vile way. Actually, so we, 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 when we were talking about the people last night, it's like, well, how did they die? Did they get their comeuppance? Some did. Some didn't, really annoyingly. Some just grew old and died peacefully. Except <laughs> me being macabre as well, Wanted to wanting to get the comeuppance. But King John died of dysentery up at Newark. And um, when I was doing a little bit of reading around Ready for the Room yesterday, one account, or well, one, I think it might have been from Newark Castle itself, said that they think John may have even died in the gatehouse. He didn't even get into the castle. That's how ill he was. But I don't know. I don't know if that's true because the, there's another um, sort of, the, the accounts sort of talk about him already feeling um, poorly and then eating peaches and drinking cider, which, you know, isn't going to make your stomach that great, even if you haven't got, um, <laughs> if you haven't got any issues. So um, anyway, yeah, he, he died in a, Painful and not very nice manner, but he uh, he'd done he'd done lots of things. So one of the uh, one of the stories, um, one of the things he did was either with his own hands or by order murdered his nephew Arthur of Brittany. He was the son of uh, John's elder brother Geoffrey, uh, who'd already uh, predeceased them. He kept him. In, uh, in prison, I think in Windsor Castle. Um, I may have that wrong, I think it was Windsor. He liked Windsor, he liked Corfe. And actually he had 22 of Arthur's supporters or people who wanted Arthur, uh, they were championing for Arthur to be released. So John had them captured and put it into, uh, I'll tell you that's not too bad, 20 past 10 at night. Okay, good, so it's not middle of the night, that's okay. Well, that's better. Um, uh, and he had so he had these 22 knights these 22 uh, supporters of Arthur in in the, they were trying to petition the king to have Arthur released this was you know the nephew of uh of of the king um but he had all those then he had all of those rounded up taken to Corfe castle which is a ruin now beautiful um place though uh and put in the dungeon there and starved to death and he didn't even maintain this for this kind of torture, just for you know you could do, argue soldiers bad as it was. No, no, the uh, the wife and a son of a rival. He had them locked up together and and just starved. I mean, he was a horrendous human being. Um, uh. So anyone who's just joined us, what the heck am I talking about? I'm talking about uh, our clubhouse room last night, our history after dark room, which we were talking about the most hated figures of history and we were giving our um our thoughts and mine was king john so what who else did we have gosh my memory um who else did we have there was a few doctors well they were actually doctors um but throughout history who uh chose to experiment on people as opposed to treat them uh, all in the name of uh the greater good and advancing science. Um, they got away with all sorts. Well, they probably didn't get away with it in the end. Anyway, so that was quite an interesting room. Sometimes funny, sometimes it was quite hard. Um, but I think it's important, you know, human beings are human beings. And for us to think that these kind of people are assigned to the past would be very um, would be very naive. Ali, John Knox was a terrible person. He was. Uh, John Knox was. Um, I mean, he he. John Knox he was um, a preacher, wasn't he? And he. Uh, I mean, he 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 spoke out against. Uh, he, he thought female monarchy, uh, female. Females being in charge was an abomination he, and, and he spoke out against Elizabeth. He spoke out against Mary, Queen of Scots. He, was, he wasn't, he was he was, yeah, he wasn't very nice. Um, Kate, did Henry VIII leave a sizable monetary legacy? I don't believe so. Um, his father did, Henry VII. Um, Henry VIII did his best to spend it all. I'm reading a book at the moment. I, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago um, called Houses of Power by Simon Thurley, Dr. Simon Thurley and uh, in there, he talks about all the Tudor um, locations, houses, palaces, castles that were important during the Tudor period. Um, and I'm getting into the bit where Henry really ramps up uh, his spending on um, building. Um, to the point where the records, and I've got more to read on this, obviously, that um, don't really actually know the, the actual total of uh sites that Henry VIII owned <laughs> so they go I mean once Henry had the monasteries dissolved uh he he got the equivalent I can't think of what it's called now he got the equivalent of uh, like a doomsday book done by Cromwell of course looking at all the um the possessions income etc of the monasteries and that was a bit like Henry was like oh fantastic here we go (laughs) here's my budget I don't think he kept a budget though I don't think he actually did much about budgets but so I think quite a lot of it was gone um by the time Edward came to the throne so what else have we got going on um oh Friday 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 any Anne Boleyn fans any Tudor fans five o'clock London time um these are all london times by the way if i if i give them because we've got people watching from australia and and new york and um in california so you're all in different time zones um italy <laughs> um that's where i want to be uh, as soon as i can um so yes so five o'clock tomorrow no what day are we today thursday yes five o'clock tomorrow um kate says that book sounds interesting it is absolutely interesting like it's fascinating on every page he just drops in facts just drops in, <laughs> drops in things like oh that's 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 something I hadn't thought about so yeah definitely definitely go it's available in paperback um it's a really great book um tomorrow five o'clock I'll get to it in a minute Kate McCaffrey is joining us on Clubhouse she is i believe assistant curator at heaver castle and she has as part of her studies um i think it's part of a doctorate done research into one or both i think it's one or maybe she's looked at both but um anne boleyn's books of hours so if you've ever been to heaver or indeed follow them on social media um you'll have seen their books of hours that they've got there um which belong to anne and the Books of Hours were very personal items. It's a bit like finding your diary, I suppose, or your phone. <laughs> oh, someone touched this phone. It's so personal. We really don't have the same sorts of things around now, do we? Um, and uh, they've, she's, she's, she investigated it under a UV light and found more inscriptions. Now, things with, uh, one of the things with the Books of Hours is they were passed down. So they would be passed down the female line. So one of the books um, they think was actually created for Anne, but the other one was one of these books that would have been uh, passed down and then passed on, um, always through female hands. And these further inscriptions that were then erased, probably to make the book more don't know valuable because of the link to Anne um they were erased anyway so she, and, and Kate's been able to not only find them I think there's another four but piece together the history then of the book and where it went and who might have had it and we're very very excited that she is coming to talk to us about that tomorrow so tomorrow on Clubhouse five o'clock if you're on Instagram if you look in my barrio follow the link there and Uh, i think i've put join clubhouse have a look that should let you in if you're not already in and then come and look for me follow me (laughs) and uh, and you'll see what rooms we've got coming up next and the next one will be kate morning colleen from california Uh, chilling history on clubhouse but it's funny when when we curse (laughs) i think lots of yeah i think lots of the american people um listeners we have loads of you from America listening it's absolutely fabulous but um on the history after dark room um because we swear a bit I think it's quite amusing isn't it and we we got off yesterday actually and um one of the words we were using um we were wondering whether actually anyone knew it (laughs) knew what we were talking about it was quite a British um quite a British word uh anyway um uh what was I saying so yes so we've got Kate McCaffrey joining us tomorrow please do come over if you can five o'clock like five o'clock like I say London time uh I'm fascinated to listen to Kate find out what she uh, discovered and, and, and what that tells us more about the book itself and um, that would be fabulous and then Sunday we do traveling Tudor Britain myself Sarah Morris and, Deb Royal, and we're starting our summer progress so we've designed our own summer progress of places that we would like to take you to virtually and we will be beginning I think we're going to go south and then southwest sort of stop coming up the country but yeah so we're going to start coming up kind of um glossed away and things like that so we're going to start that on sunday uh we're thinking of putting a little map together if people are interested if you think that would be a good idea um we will put in the effort and do that and do a little map of where we're going to be taking you on progress during the summer so that will begin on uh on sunday and then i can't remember what we've got going on next week but ali's given us a couple of topics so happy to uh to put those forward i love it so um if you are on clubhouse or you're going to join clubhouse and you would like to suggest room topics please please do you can dm me uh on instagram um and let me know um and uh, so Ali's put forward two suggestions, one about the final plot that Mary Queen of Scots was actually accused of being involved in, uh, the one that led to her, her her actual execution. Um, I say actual execution because she'd been effectively a prisoner in England for, for about 20 years. Another thing that's missed out, you know, saying the Catherine of Aragon marriage is kind of yeah, it started, it ended, and they forget about the 20 years in, in the middle. Mary Queen of Scots was cat there was um effectively in uh, a prisoner in England for around about 20 years um and that's that sort of concertina down as well especially in um in films but I've spoken about films before um Joel welcome from Atlanta I am well and thank you for your comments on my video the other day I've got to follow those up um a nice challenge from Joel and I, I do need to go and find out my source. It was, I'm really annoyed. I can't find my notes, but I will try and find. And this was about, so, so some of the videos I've got out at the moment Um Thomas Cromwell, because we're in the period now where he was arrested and eventually he was executed um, in July, 19th of July. Don't know. That's off the top of my head. So I might have that wrong. Um and, and the details around uh, his, his fall. Uh, he, he was a, he was a goner before uh, before the very end was officially announced but he was definitely there. I've also got the longer videos that I talked about last week the um, talk I had with Katie Wignall who has written a book about abandoned London. It's a coffee table book so it's a it's big, big one it's full of over 200 images of abandoned sites in London some of them have since been redeveloped so it's a great record um, of these sites um rocket tours why don't you cover oh it's going off the tourist places in the UK why don't you cover the tourist place in the UK I'm not quite sure what the question means because we do <laughs> I do cover a lot of places um or do you mean on here so on club or on clubhouse on clubhouse the two tu- the, the um, Sunday afternoon room is just about traveling Tudor Britain um to be honest there's other rooms I could do just one on traveling all sorts of heritage uh, locations in Britain and maybe I will start to do that it's just that we've got quite a few on at the moment and I didn't want to be um, tied into so many things in the diary but one of the things that I am thinking about doing and it will affect you guys as well that are watching me here is if I'm out on location is I will just do the Thursday Tea Time Live from location. Um, What I don't know whether to do is do it on Instagram or YouTube because I won't be able to do it on both. Uh, Roseanne, 28th of July. Thank you for being my Googler today, (laughs) (laughs) Roseanne. Correcting me on all my dates when I get them wrong. (laughs) I will say that I've met historians before, so I've said dates is really difficult. So (laughs) I'm like, okay, I'm going to claim claim you know some kind of joined up with them um so uh yes so thank you for the suggestion i will take that on board um ali has another suggestion for a room lady margaret pole her brother was executed and then had to stay friends with the tudors yet in in the end her whole family was executed because of her son reginald pole yes she would be a great person to talk about as well um Margaret Pole, for anyone who might know the name but doesn't know, she's the lady who was uh, one of the ladies in Tudor times who was executed at the Tower of London, within the walls of the Tower of London. Um, bit of a botched job. Not, though, the Victorian version <laughs> where she ran around and, and was chased and hacked down while she ran. That's that's. I don't think there's any evidence for that. That looks to be um, a Victorian guide invention. They did that, though. They did do that. Uh, And harmless it may have seemed anyway at the time to do that, Uh, except some of the stories got repeated and passed down. I've told you one of my favourite things that Victorian tourist guides did at the Palace of Holyrood house where... David Rizzio, Mary Queen of Scots, uh, private secretary was murdered. Um, the room exists where he was murdered. Ah, Rachel has managed to join with her custom emoji teacup. Hello, welcome. <laughs> um, and uh, yes, yeah, so so Rizzio is, is murdered in, in Mary's, um, in a small room off Mary's bedchamber, which still exists. You can still go and walk through there today. But what the Victorian guides decided to do is in an adjacent room, and I haven't been there for years, so I can't remember whether it's directly off Mary's bedroom or any further down, but there is a red stain on the floor. And I asked about this. Sorry if you can hear my tummy rumbling. I haven't had my lunch. Um, And there's a red stain on the floor in this room, and you look at it and think, "Oh, oh, my goodness. Anyway, that... I did ask about this because I was like that's my initial reaction was oh and then no and so I asked about it and it was Victorian room guides who put red boot polish into the floor uh to augment their storytelling <laughs> so there you go that's one of my favorites uh, so, yeah, so I've got the so the video with uh, Katie Wignall about Abandoned London. Sorry, that's the one I was talking about as well. So it's about half an hour because we talked about a few of the sites in the book. What's really fascinating is not just, obviously, the sites themselves. All of them were places where, where people, they were busy, you know, with people going about their daily lives, either working, socialising, living, Um, so there are baths in there the whole book has got loads of different tube stations um, offices factories social clubs all sorts of places as well as housing estates um, grand houses and like I say some of them have been redeveloped so this book is a record of, of some places that don't exist anymore and it shows how human the way we're living the way society is structured everything like that how that impacts on the landscape as well so it's it's a fascinating book so please um if you if you think you might be interested in that check that out on my on my youtube uh and the other longer form one is the one about Magna Carta. Um, I've briefly mentioned Magna Carta today, talking about King John. He was my uh, nomination last night for the most hated, or one of the most hated people in history, um, and it, it's King John who uh, who was the, the king who sealed Magna Carta but had zero intention of uh, letting it do what, you know, letting it be actually enacted and it's also, I go, I go into this in the video, and if you've heard Tan, uh, Tan? Dan Jones talking about Magna Carta, it's a the, the idea of freedoms, liberties, um, and, and, and that that theme that runs through Magna Carta is 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 the myth of Magna Carta. Um, and if you actually read Magna Carta, which you can get hold of, um, you can get hold of, uh, uh, of versions. It, it isn't actually <laughs> that it, those aren't the main themes that um that come through the reason I think that it's taken on that legend is that it's been brought up uh used by people subsequently for subsequent causes um and held up as as a, a document to support it um Kate I visited holy Reap- uh, Palace years ago was there a small room where Mary gave birth to her son James um I think that's Edinburgh Castle. Am I right? Um there were the, there were either ends of the Royal Mile. So you, you, you I imagine you did both. Um I know the room you mean and above the entrance to the room um from the courtyard is um James James put up I think maybe his mum's coat of arms, mum's. <laughs> mother's coat of arms um I think that's Edinburgh I need to get back up there we were supposed to be there this year well I was supposed to be there last year and we were supposed to be there this year doing a Mary Queen of Scots tour um with Sarah Morris and we'd have done all these places but uh but that hasn't happened um that probably will happen in a couple of years time now just schedule wise it's difficult to fit everything in um, and I also did one about the Vi- uh, video about the Vikings' first raid in England. This wasn't the first time the Vikings visited England, <laughs> visited. Uh, but this was the first time they uh, did a bit of a, a ransack, a bit of a ransack uh, at Lindisfarne Priory. Lindisfarne uh, is, a, it's a, a tidal island. Is that how you call it? So so you can get there in low tide and you definitely can't get back in high tide the the road is uh, completely underwater um and um so there were there were an outcrop effectively and um you know it's a priory they're not they're not it's not easily defendable but being a priory also uh quite um affluent rich um had treasures uh, illuminated scripts you know beautiful things uh so the vikings liked going there and seeing what they could get so anyway i've done a short video on that as well so if you're interested in that have a look now i've mentioned that i i mentioned ages ago that i said i would tell you why i didn't get around to scheduling this week's uh, thursday tea time live. normally i would schedule it and put it out so that people can uh, set a reminder And the reason I forgot, well, the reason I wasn't able to, was because the following day I went down to London. I mentioned London was very quiet at the moment. If you are in the UK and you can get down to London and you're normally put off because of the crowds, now is your chance. Now is your chance. It is uh, very quiet. I was on the tube right the way into the city and uh, there were seats empty either side of me. Um, So... uh, Equally, if you are, what's Terry saying, Lindisfarne Games, Scandinavian rowing, athletics and archery teams all took gold. <sighs> Terry, you can tell you're British. <laughs> I know you're down in Australia. <laughs> you and your dad jokes. Um, so I forgot, <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. Oh yes. Yeah, so anyway, I went to London. So shall I tell you where I went? I went? I went to St. Paul's Cathedral. And St Paul's Cathedral, um, th- the one that stands there now. This is the Wren one that you would know well with the dome, um, and it is the fifth cathedral that stood on that site. I think there's, uh, I think it's basically um, taken for granted. There, were, there was a Roman temple there before. That's very typical, um, and and, Ro- and the Romans put their temples where there were previous. Uh, like holy sites from the, the the pagan Britons. So these sites have long history of being special to, to the human beings there. Um, and Wren's Cathedral is uh, the fifth, like I say, on, on, on the site, the fourth being the one that burnt down in the Great Fire of London of 1666. Wren had already been um, uh, put on to come up with designs for improvements to the cathedral um i can't help thinking that maybe his hands were ringing when uh, when it burnt down because he got to just start afresh um rachel an amazing building great sights from the very top except i wasn't allowed up there <laughs> they, they didn't have that open i have been up the top um and I don't know where the photographs are that I took from there. The good thing about St. Paul's is now you can take photographs inside, which you couldn't before. So a bit later on, I will be sharing on my Instagram and Facebook photographs, some of the photographs that I took from inside there. Um, You have Nelson's tomb, which is the black sarcophagus that we've spoken about a few times that was meant for Wolsey and then meant for Henry VIII and eventually used for Nelson so I managed to get photographs of all these things that I've been wanting to get photographs for uh, of for ages so that was a great day out I'm out again tomorrow but as you know I keep my location secret until I have been so watch out on uh, on my Instagram and I will uh, I will share with you uh, where I have been I've got a few trips coming up actually um, in the not-too-distant future, I'll be going to a place called Goodrich Castle. I'm doing a virtual tour for uh, Cassidy Cash. If you're a Shakespeare uh, enthusiast, check out cash, CassidyCash.com. Uh, she is a Shakespeare blogger. She has um, a brilliant channel about uh, and and, um, and and club for Shakespeare Um enthusiasts and uh I'm doing a virtual tour of Goodrich Castle for them uh, and I'll be recording that soon. So um that's on my list. I've got a few places on my list and I know that I keep um the beginning every time I mention some somewhere, somewhere it goes on other people's lists. So I apologise. I know the lists are quite large now, no. Uh but uh it's good to have a plan. It's good to have an aim um, and places to go. So um, after that, I don't know where I'll be going, but Hereford's on my list. Hereford Cathedral has the Mappa Mundi, which is a medieval map of the world. It's what they thought that the, the monks that were there uh, thought the world looked like, uh, and they have a twelve seventeen, I think it is, uh, Magna Carta. So that was the next iteration of Magna Carta. That's one of the reasons Magna Carta survived. I mentioned earlier that King John died. King John only died the year after um, Magna Carta had been sealed and then it had been revoked. Um, what? So when, when King John died, Henry III came to the throne but he was only nine years old. He was in the uh, protectorate of William Marshall and another person can't think of it off the top of my head. And they had, uh, well, I think it might have been William Marshall had this fabulous idea, inspired, in fact, of reissuing Magna Carta. But rather than it being a capitulation to the demands of the barons, which is effectively what Magna Carta had been, um, this would be a royal document given by the king. Because um, a charter... Um, uh, I can't remember what they they used to call it, but a charter sort of responsibilities from the king to the people wasn't unusual. Magna Carta had been the opposite way around, though. This had been the barons demanding from the king, and um, because I'd spoke about how badly behaved he was, I mean, badly behaved does not cut it. He was um, he was a despot. Um, and th- but so, so they, so, so um, Marshall William Marshall came up with this idea, this plan to reissue Magna Carta. So that's why it was reissued again in 1217. But it was reissued as a royal document, and this is part of the reason, like I say, that it survived. Um, one of my favourite pet topics. <laughs> she probably worked out. So, um, oh, thank you for the super chat, Marianne. That is so nice of you. Um, five US dollars. Thank you. I'm, I really, really appreciate it. Um, so, yes, and um, not probably not next week, but I think I might start doing some of these Thursday tea time lives. If I'm out and about, what I will do is, is rather than change the plans and not allow myself to go out because I'm go- doing, going to do Thursday tea time live, is actually come – Um, to you from wherever I am signal always permitting but it's not too bad um, usually so um, uh, and look out on Instagram tomorrow for where I'm going tomorrow I'm very excited about tomorrow Uh, and I will also share some of my photographs from St Paul's from last week Um, some of the uh, images of inside the cathedral now if you are uh, one of my patrons then some of the videos that i've spoken about today aren't yet available but if you're on my patron then they're all there they're already there so um celia welcome from brazil hi how are you doing um nice to see you so um so yes so keep an eye on instagram i will be posting photos um if you're a patron then you've got hold of all of the videos um already um if you're not that's fine they'll just they'll come online uh, at the relevant dates but i can't remember again off the top of my head <laughs> what am i like oh we've got and the ones we've got coming up are sos Now replaced um is it cdq which was the marconi marconi made you'll probably know the name marconi they, they make um <laughs> I was going to say radio, well, radio, radio equipment, um, and and I, I can't remember why, but their their signal was CDQ. That was the in um, panic signal, and um, and it was agreed um, in I don't maybe it was 1910. It was agreed either way. Watch the video, you'll find out <laughs> where SOS replaced CDQ. SOS being in Morse and easier, uh, easier in Morse code to uh, tap out. On the Titanic, when the Titanic sank in April twelfth, uh, nineteen twelve, um, they used both, and I refer to it in the video. Uh, and I've, I've, there's a, a brilliant channel called Canada Dan, and he uh, put into Morse again the. Or um, we transcribed the the, the the messages that were coming off the Titanic, and it's it, it's a really um, poignant video to listen to. But you can see what they're saying. You can see that they use that they're starting to panic, uh, understandably, obviously, and they'll do CDQ, 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 SOS, 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 and you can see um, how it how it changes as they go through. Um, so that's that'll be available on the 1st of July. On the 29th, yes, on the 29th of July, I've got one coming out about the Globe Theatre. and um, when that burnt down in 1613, Shakespeare's Globe. Um, there's one already out, like I say, about the Greenwich Observatory and about Thomas Cromwell, his arrest and execution happening over June and time to, to July. Um, and Roseanne. Kindly looked up uh, when when he was actually executed. I think it was the twenty eighth of July. Yes, <laughs> write down on the Google for me today. Thank you so much. Um, so I've been speaking for nearly an hour. I forgot to bring my cup of tea, so I'm absolutely parched. Um, one of the rooms, actually, that's just reminded me saying parched. One of the rooms we've got coming up, uh, I think it'll be a week on Friday. club Pass is uh, Britishness, uh, British quirks. Um, and uh, words we use, things we do. I mean, we say sorry if someone bumps into us. That is true. <laughs> we do do that. And there's loads of things we do. It's really bizarre things, really. Quite funny. So please come join us for uh, for that room. Um, and, uh, and you can come along with your favourite British quirks uh, as well. And you can share those with us. So I think for today, I'm going to sign off and thank you all very, very much for spending your time with me late at night, early in the morning in the middle of your day, wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you. I really appreciate um, you spending time with me. Uh, next week, I'll be back for Thursday Two Time History Chat. Thank you so much to uh, people who've suggested rooms for our clubhouse, um, Ali especially, thank you. Quite a few that you have, uh, you've you put forward and really, really interesting topics. Thank you, Marianne, again, for the Super Chat. Really do appreciate that. Um, so for now, everyone, have a fabulous day. Pete's going to send me a margarita in the mail. <laughs> I will be most grateful. <laughs> a nice sealed uh, sealed mar- margarita. Celia, I'm moving my thing around because I'm trying to see. And uh, Terry, thank you for joining. Um, Kate, uh, Jay, Roseanne, Ali, Rachel, thank you. See you all very soon. All right, thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.